The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you. The crowd came together again so that Jesus and his disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. The scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebul. By the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. But his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Truly I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came. Standing outside, they sent to him and told him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. He replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. See, I don't even have to tell you to sit down. It was Jerry last week who said that we were shifting from the first half of the church year into the second. We talked about how we moved from the Holy Trinity, which we celebrated last week, to the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. Right? Remember that? And so we must spend the next six months working on that unholy trinity in us. And as the lectionary would have it, we plunge right into the deep end today with that crazy hair-raising gospel from Mark, which prompted one New Testament scholar who used to teach at General Theological Seminary in New York to entitle her book, Jesus, Family, Values, with no small sense of irony. Mark takes two parables, two teachings, and kind of sandwiches them together. The bread, if you like, is Jesus and his family of origin. The meat 
is Jesus and the bigger family, the people of Israel, represented most of all by the religious authorities, the scribes. And if you didn't quite catch it, I'm sure you did. Jesus is in trouble here. Big trouble. No small irony for us today is the day we celebrate our graduates of various levels. And any of you who've had the opportunity to raise a child or see a child grow up, I think all of us were children ourselves at one time, know what it's like when the child begins to break free of the family bonds, all of the conflict that comes from that. You remember that, don't you? Come on, be honest. I see some ironic shaking of heads down here. That's right. That's right. This is, this is ladled with irony today, and it's meant to be, it's meant to shock us, get our attention. Mark is doing his usual breathless apocalyptic narrative about the gospel, and he wants to grab our attention. And above all, he wants to tell us something about the things that we hold most dear, especially our families, and especially the cultures in which we were raised. The architects of the lectionary also give us that familiar story from Genesis, which is, at the end of the day, a story of dysfunction and relationship, right? It begins with the serpent in the garden who tempts Eve to partake of the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She takes it, she gives some to her husband Adam, he takes it, their eyes are open, and suddenly they feel shame because they're, they're both naked. So they sow fig leaves for themselves, and then God comes along in the garden walking, as we hear in today's story, and what do Adam and Eve do? Well, they do what all naughty children do when the house is messed up. They go somewhere and hide. And then, Nick, you're one step ahead of me. Then, when they're called on the carpet, what happens? Her fault, his fault, the serpent's fault, or if you're in our household, the dog's fault. That's the dysfunction. And so God meets out consequences on everyone. But the good news tucked away in our gospel today is that that is not the end of the story. Here's another truth, a truth that I as a pastor share with all kinds of people who work in the helping professions, whether they're physicians or more likely therapists or psychiatrists or psychologists. Just about everything that comes in my door is rooted in one general problem. That is, we have families of origin, and we have a culture around us, and it's not working. Something has gone wrong with that. It's not working. There's conflict, there's dysfunction, there's strife, and where am I in all of that? So the therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, and pastors spend a lot of time 
talking with people about how to unwind from that. It is the most natural thing in the world to be products of our families and our culture, right? That's who we are. That's the most natural thing in the world. But the recognition of today's gospel reading is that it doesn't always work. Am I right? And that's been my experience. I wonder about you. No. Yes. I think so. I think so. Jesus has left his family of origin to break out and do something new, just like our graduates are all doing today. And it's a terrifying experience for his family, even more terrifying when other people around them start to say, he's gone off his rocker, he's crazy, restrain him. So it's in part out of concern for him, but probably just as likely out of concern for their own honor that his family show up and try to grab him and do what any good family would do, take him home, feed the child, give him a bed, maybe wash his clothes, and hope that he comes back to earth a little bit. But of course, he resists. Then in the bigger piece, the scribes come down from Jerusalem, the religious authorities, and they have it all figured out. He must be from Satan. That's the only explanation that we have for him gathering the crowds around him and causing trouble. And so Jesus throws them the parable to confound them by saying, how is this possible? How can Satan throw out Satan? I've been casting out demons. What have you been doing, scribes? sitting in your proverbial ivory towers and coming up with teachings for the people, no doubt. What have you been doing? I've been down here healing people. How is that Satan? He asks them. And he confounds them. They probably didn't have a good answer for that. And so they were probably like muttering into their beards, as all good religious institutionalists like me have to do from time to time when we're confronted with the reality that our institution is not quite working like it should, and that we don't have an answer for everything. Oh dear. Likewise, our families can't do everything for us. That's a hard truth, isn't it? One of the big steps to maturity at the end of the day, we have to stop pointing at our parents and take responsibility for our own behavior, right? You know that story, you've been there, you've done that, and if truth be told, most of us are still working on that. It's part of who we are. But that's the good news. The good news is the end of the Genesis story today is not the end of the story of God and God's people. It's only the beginning. The story of our families of origin and the story of our culture is not the end of the story. It's only the beginning. The gift, Jesus says, is the spirit. 
Don't badmouth it, the reminds the scribes. Because if you badmouth it, you're stuck. There's nowhere else to turn. That's what he means about all that business about blasphemy. If you badmouth the life of the Spirit, where are you going to go? He's basically asking us, are you going to stick with your family of origin forever in a day and stay in whatever dysfunctional dynamic is there? Are you going to stay with your culture of origin with all of its dysfunctions and conflicts and paradoxes? Or are you going to move into the life of the new family, the family of God, born of the Spirit? Who are your brothers and sisters and mothers? Jesus says, look around you. Seriously, you don't all have to stay forward like you're on an airplane. Look around you. It's okay, it's safe. I have the authority of the guys to say it's safe. These are your sisters and brothers and mothers now. This is the new family, born in baptism, born of the Spirit of God. Don't knock it, Jesus says. It's your path, your path forward to truth. And as Jesus says elsewhere, the truth is what will set you free. for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.